remember me? Yeah, you do. You're even fucking uglier than I am now. What do they do to you? Doesn't matter. It's not how it ends for you, brother. You know who's coming for you. You've always known. It's the morning after. Game of Thrones is officially over. But it feels like, I mean, we've got till 2019, so it feels... Just a whole 2K18 in the middle <laughs> there. Know. For us to explore our feelings and thoughts about Sandra Clegane carrying a box of person mm-hmm. and the dragon pit. The dragon pit, the ice dragon, the wall coming down, Littlefinger, Sansa and Arya. <laughs> Can we just like go through all of the unbelievable things that happened in this episode? Eric and Tormund, Tormund surveying the ground where his men... Well, I guess he was on the other side because he went on the, the the strike with John. But when Mance's men, it's just, uh, you mm-hmm. know, there was a lot in this episode. It was good. And so we got to watch it together and with all, all of our friends. And a lot of new friends. And a lot of new friends it was- to, for our, our long <laughs> night's watch party, <laughs> which is really, really fun. I feel like this episode more than any other episode this season to be able to watch it as a group because mm-hmm. there were so many literal stand out of your chair and cheer moments. Yeah, there was some stand group. on top of your chair uh-huh. moments for, for folks. <laughs> that was when Peter Bellish met his. Okay, so Littlefinger is dead. I know. I know. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about all of that. We were cleaning up last night after after everything sort of died down, and so we haven't spoken about this out loud yet. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the finale? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I really, really liked it. I liked. I felt like they nailed everything with the finale yeah. for the most part. Like, I feel like all of the issues that we've been talking about this season finally came together yeah. in a way that was satisfying and made sense to me. You so know what I mean? Specifically Sansa and Arya. Well, Sansa and Arya very specifically, but I feel like with everything else, even with what happened with Cersei and the whites and the mm-hmm. dragons, I felt like they kind of got lost in the middle of this episode in terms or not this episode in this season in terms of how to make plotline works and how to get to the end but once we got to the end i felt like it all kind of came together in a really nice way does yeah. that make sense yeah i mean yeah seeing sandor Clegane, along with everyone else but just his his presence there as the person that was sort of sort of mediating mm-hmm. you know he was he represented one side yet he's so deep on the other and he had the face off with his brother everything felt I, I know it had a lot to do with we were watching it with a packed room of people yeah yeah cheering <laughs> Patrick just looked at Tyrion <sighs> I know I know but I still feel like when we kind of rewatched a couple of scenes this morning as we sat down to record to remember things JK it's on right now JK, in the background. It's, on, it's on right now in the background <laughs> Um, but I feel like even though we watched it in a room full of people and we're hyped up about it, so much of what we liked about this episode is going to stand up on the rewatches because a lot of what we liked in this episode were some really unbelievable character interactions Mm -hmm. and some amazing acting with Tyrion and Cersei's conversation and Theon and, you know, all these great moments. That's got some of the biggest cheers of the night was Theon. Yes, I know. The chance at the end. Mm -hmm. Theon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you threw in a what is dead may never die. Yeah, I'm oh, so proud. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Screamed what is dead is what is dead may never die. Um That was so cool. But and so I think that this episode is gonna hold up. Yeah. On rewatches. I, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I uh, it's I really want to watch it again because it was yeah. it's kind of a weird environment. So everyone that 
does those kinds of things, like if they're really into the show, I feel like makes a decision to say, okay, well, this is not going to be the normal viewing experience. Right. I was having conversations with some uh, folks about it last night on top of the roof. And um, I was speaking to someone that hadn't watched the show since early in season five. And this is the first episode they had seen oh, since whoa. then. Uh-huh. And we're like, thumbs up. <laughs> that a lot of things okay. that they didn't agree with or whatever sort of seemed to fall to the wayside or okay. I guess it wasn't that important or just it it, mm-hmm. it just the episode hit on a lot of cylinders. I saw a tweet I, uh, that was sent to us something along the lines of I don't really know what's happening. I don't the show is something like a, it shows a dumpster fire but damn is it entertaining or yeah. something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. So yeah, I liked it. It was just those moments were just queued up one after mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. I feel like what you were saying about you're not really sure how you, we got here, but we got here. I don't know if that makes up for everything or or if it really matters what we think about right. what happened in between. You know? right. But it was definitely cool. I keep going back to the Hound just because he really, you know, being such a big part in the early part of the episode for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. just sort of standing out in my mind for the rest. When he stood across from when Gregory. When he stood across from Gregory Clegane as he's walking across the dragon pit towards him. I got up out of my chair and sat on the floor because I just like I could not even handle what was happening. So what did they say to each other? Not a hundred percent sure because I was just dying on the floor about the fact that Clegane Bull is. I mean, I know that that was not specifically Clegane Bull, but death coming for him, death coming for the yeah. mountain. Yeah. Let us all just say right here, right now, <laughs> that is the hound. Coming for it. Oh, yeah. Or, or his I little love... brother coming right for him again. Yeah. But just now is not the time, brother. When right. he called him brother, and I felt like he was speaking to him from the heart mm-hmm. with all the, the knowledge and the pain that he's gained and perspective of, you know, transforming into this new Sandal game. As he's standing in front of yeah. Cersei yeah. right there. You know, Such the courage. Whole, the whole Lannister all crew. So yeah. I, I loved, loved, loved that moment <sighs> so much. So 2K... 18 or 19 2k teen somewhere 2K in there something. it might happen i know we got to keep on holding out do you think it's going to happen or do you think that that was a Honest- tease that was meant to make us question it honestly if it doesn't actually happen we had that moment you know what i mean i was so hyped up in that we'll moment. always have the dragon yeah. pit. <laughs> we'll always have the dragon pit and so you know i don't know but i thought that, that was a really great moment i felt like the whole dragon pit scene was done really really well and we talked about last week how we were excited to see all of these characters in one space yeah in facing off each other finally and daenerys kind of comes in on her dragon it's like sorry i'm a little bit late what's up guys yeah and i felt like they did that scene really really well i mean all these characters coming together could very easily not work and you know we i don't i feel like i'm harping on that so i don't want to keep talking about things that didn't and did and didn't work this season but it felt like a big moment like that with so many different people in the same spot finally could have been weird and you like could have been weird but there was just such a great space to it yeah. and you could feel the weight of the conversation that was happening they did too and they did too yeah. and something i liked about this episode a lot is that i felt like there was room to pause and like breathe throughout mm-hmm. the episode and think about the dialogue so it wasn't just back to back to back talking yeah. or scenes or action-packed it was just like this very open opportunity for us to like live in the dialogue that was happening and i felt like the dragon pit scene was really great for that so it also was pretty crowd pleasy it was i was really happy about <laughs> mm-hmm. we we've got so many first off this is an episode that people could send owns for peter baelish being murdered by aria mm-hmm. by sansa's command so 
the owns that we've gotten in the past 24 hours that are continuing to come in vary from the height of joy and and uh, also revenge mm-hmm. down to confirmation of what we were hoping for and Kyber <laughs> interacting with the dead body very yeah. curiously. <laughs> I feel like the crowd last night went whenever the the arm came whenever he stepped forward at all mm-hmm. everyone just everyone knew what he was going right for yeah and he was like very curious <laughs> we were like we see you Kyber <laughs> it was so funny it was so funny uh-huh. and I'm not sure what that what that spells if that was just for us like checking the boxes or if he's gonna do some actual research and we're gonna see some kind of amalgamated technology with the whites and who mm-hmm. knows what he's gonna be up to well especially after we get that Cersei wasn't really yeah. So that was something that really surprised you didn't me. It, did you? Well, or so did you it, it was funny to look around watching people, and we'll keep going back to that because watching it in a group is such a cool experience. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she said that she was going to march north with them, everybody just kind of looked around at each other like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. We did not expect her to do that at all. Mm-hmm. And for obvious reasons, because at the end we see that that wasn't her plan all along. But in that moment, it was just like, okay. Well, this must be, White Walkers must be really bad. Yeah, gonna, yeah. The first half of the episode is okay. Well, I mean, her reaction to that to that zombie to the, to the white was pretty visceral. Yeah. I didn't expect her to react that strongly. Yeah, that was probably the. I don't want to say it's the scariest they've ever felt, but it was just strange seeing them so far out of their habitat mm-hmm. and having air quotes normal folk mm-hmm. see him and be like, oh. Well, and how weird. quick the white or how close the white got to Cersei. Yeah, the chain. And- <laughs> yeah, which was pretty intense with, with the hound there and, and the way that Jamie kind of jumps up in that moment as well. So it seemed to work for a moment. And I think that we've talked about the fact that if we talked about whether or not if Cersei ends up believing it, it wouldn't necessarily change what her plans are. And, and I'm curious to kind of see as what's going to happen with the Golden Company and kind of what all of yeah. that meant and with Euron and kind of how all of that plays into what next season is going to look like. I really wanted to see the Golden Company. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see them oh. landing mm-hmm. somewhere. Not in Dorne. Although that would have been cool. It's like, let's go back. <laughs> somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, just the mention of them coming, uh, being ferried by Euron. That was definitely cool. And I expected something like that to happen. But, yeah. Uh, would have been cool to see them. Mm-hmm. Their banners and, I am excited because I know that they're going to introduce some probably made up characters in this, in season eight. They'll right. have small arcs from the golden company. Maybe I don't know if it'll be too late to do that, mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting to see another person from Essos and maybe we could have got a hint of that, but I guess that would be cast the kind of casting they wouldn't do until season eight. Right. So right. that makes a lot of sense. They wouldn't have anyone sort of represent the golden company in that state. But if you think about Cersei's side now, she's got Kyburn. With His whole candy LOL. corner. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You've got Euron Greyjoy, mm-hmm. who started out the whole conversation here at the Dragon Pit, interrupting, calling out Theon, hey, I've got your sister. <laughs> yeah. If you don't bow to me now in the middle of this meeting, that wasn't supposed to be our meeting. Right. Just taking their, their screen time, basically. I love that. Uh, I'm going to kill her. Mm-hmm. So you got that's, those are her allies. Everyone's like, Euron, shut up. <laughs> and then Jamie, who finally got out of that toxic relationship. He and- finally left wrote away i wanted to shout but the music was so beautiful mm-hmm. and it cut to that awesome sequence that reminded me uh of the end of a dance of dragons i've been wanting to see it adapted with the music and the snow falling on king's landing mm-hmm. i wanted to shout his name is jamie i know i know we've but, been waiting so so long yeah. so so long for jamie to finally finally do something about his relationship with cersei and 
to have him when he's putting his glove on and the <laughs> back him in the in the hallway. Um, when he's putting his glove on and the and the snowflake falls on top of his like golden hand mm-hmm. as he put the gloves on, I was just out of my mind, and so. We've been waiting for a really long time for that to happen, and it finally happened. And the whole it was such a poignant scene. And I don't know if you felt like this, but there was a moment there when I wasn't sure if Jamie was gonna make it out. No, I said no out loud probably four times. Yeah, yeah. I just was so surprised mm-hmm. that we're sitting there, and I was like, Jamie's gonna die in this episode. I'm about to see Jamie die. It would have been oh, no point. It's a very cutting end to the episode. Yes, if she would have had. Just if she would have just made that snap decision just to have, fine, cut mm-hmm. him down. Mm-hmm. From that and then because that happened after her conversation with Tyrion, yeah. that was so, and we yeah. can get into detail, that conversation was mm-hmm. so heated and so just. Risky, nerve wracking. And the way that Tyrion just stands up to her and is like, go ahead and kill me, yeah. do it. And so, yeah, I mean, who does Cersei have on her side anymore that's that's worth anything? The Golden Company, Euron, Kyburn. I don't know if it matters to her. I don't think it matters to her. And I think that's what Jamie was trying to tell her is that it needs to matter to her because whether or not the White Walkers and the Whites either get all of the North and decimate it and then they come for King's Landing and they're not ready or John and Danny and company take care of them and then they come to King's Landing mm-hmm. and you know they saved Westeros. So right. what does somebody like Cersei have against and her? And we betrayed them yeah. if we don't support them. Exactly. So... Um, I think that seeing Jamie on the other side of things, I think we can just assume that he's going to be on the other side of things. So he's riding north. He is riding north, exactly. So to see that relationship between the two of them and what that means is something that I'm really excited about for next season. What do you think about her plan? I guess, I don't know, try to see it. I'm trying to see it the way that she does. I mean, the idea of having, because she sees John, and just one look at him and his listen when he walks out uh-huh. she knows what she said uh, most of what she was saying was an act but what she said about john and ned mm-hmm. i don't i feel like she was 100 percent genuine oh she yeah. sees john hears him talk for half a second she's okay fine mm-hmm. when the white walkers come he's probably going to beat him or or be our best bet of someone to uh, he, you know maybe they'll win mm-hmm. or take out three quarters of the forces or something so she's seeing that and then i guess she hears about the chemistry with with he and Daenerys, and she's smart. And she's putting two and two together, and they all are. Her plan seems a bit. I mean, it's really cruel, but I mean, p- potentially they could just do that. And they told him how to defeat the White Walkers, right? With the Obsidian, so right. just hire even more Golden Company folks, and you know, I guess right. take a bunch of spears out there. I don't know. Banking on the fact that John and Danny won't succeed, I guess. But if the White Walkers run through the North, then they're bringing much more people with them because mm-hmm. e- each army they fell they raise right so however many forces Does we have understand that aspect to it i don't I think like they didn't i was it's curious because they didn't really go into that they didn't say john wasn't like i was standing on a boat right <laughs> you're not gonna believe where i was yeah. this is this crazy place really far north i was standing on a boat with a bunch of people like mm-hmm. four or five guys and this this evil being walks to the edge of the dock it looks at me straight in the eyes and raises his arms, and they all come right to life. Just all of them, right there, like that. The imagery there, I feel like, is much more impactful than look at what exists. Yeah, because that could be, a, you know, grayscale. Oops. Grayscale exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's standing right beside Gregor Kagan. That was clearly something's going on there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
So I don't know if that is a, I don't know what that is connected with just the overall idea of them going and getting a white Walker, not being, I guess, big picture enough, or if it was just enough, I'm not sure. But I feel like if she understood the night King and the white walkers, that maybe it would be different. Maybe not though. I don't think so. You don't think? I really don't think so. Yeah. I think that Cersei is at the point of no return. Why? I don't know. I mean, hmm. you talk, she, I'm thinking to that conversation that she's having with Tyrion and, and even a little bit with Jamie about how she's here just to protect her family and how all that matters to her is her family and her family legacy. But she's making choices that go against every single one of those things. And so she's got her two brothers now fighting against her. What's that going to look like when Jamie rolls up and Tyrion is is there? Because <laughs> they had a really sweet moment, too, between mm-hmm. the two of them. They're like, well, might as well say goodbye to each other as, as Tyrion walks in to have that conversation with Cersei. Mm-hmm. And then but, Jamie almost had the same end. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like I got closer with Jamie than I did with Tyrion. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't as I wasn't worried that Tyrion was gonna Tyrion has too much plot armor <laughs> to, <laughs> to get killed well, off like that. Plus but, she feels more betrayed by Jamie because right. they have that they have that close of a relationship with each other, especially with it being so dangerous. It just increases their connection. They're twins and just they're also, you know, they they've their children is, have died, and just, she's pregnant with her, with hers. Yeah, no, with his. So I don't know. I think that um, I just think this conversation that she had with Tyrion was just like one of the highlights of the episode, easily between the two of them, and just like how heated and intense that was. Um, and and just kind of talking about their father and talking about how she or how he like Tyrion leaving. Not Tyrion. I mean, I'm just my train of thought. Tywin leaving. Exposed them. Exposed them to everything and how Cersei blames basically everything that happened to their house and to their family on the fact that Tywin was no longer there. And it was just a very raw and honest conversation about what has happened since. And and just kind of all of the feelings that she's ever had about, about Tyrion kind of coming out in that moment. And so to me, that was a huge highlight. Um, the two of them alone in that room together. It was so brilliantly written and, and acted. Act, those mm-hmm. two. This whole episode was full of very poignant brother and sister moments. Mm-hmm. And sister and sister moments. Just just family Let's, interacting with one can another. Can I ask you how you felt like about... Sex on a boat. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you, when we're talking about brother and sister and, and familial conversations... What you thought about John and Theon, and then Theon as a whole in this episode? <clears throat> Man, that was not a conversation I was expecting to have in a finale. I don't think I don't know if anyone was able to go. Yeah, well, we're gonna have one of those epic one-on-ones that Game of Thrones does so well with characters that we love and and have been waiting so long to get together. John and Theon, and how Theon finally gets to hear probably what he's always wanted to hear, and to kind of resolve in a way this mantle and weight that he's been carrying since forever that he can be both a stark and a Greyjoy. no that was that was so awesome it was so awesome and and that john forgives him mm-hmm. that he can honor ned's legacy and still be he a gray joy father too yeah he called that his father and yeah. but he can still take he doesn't have to choose a side he can still kind of take that and go rescue his sister yeah and i felt like that gave him a strength that he just hasn't had yeah at all yeah oh man the feels just talking about it i know i know and and we we talked about watching theon 
get up again and again and again in that fight with um, his men. And that was pretty unbelievable. So, if you think about it, Theon is the Rob's gone, you know. So, in John's life, as far as growing up and having contemporary like friends to share that same sort of age space with him, mm-hmm. Theon's the one. So, that that would be a cool conversation to have in the finale, let alone him being Theon Greyjoy, right? That has gone through stuff, just that person at all. So, it's even cooler that he's he's you know from a great house and. He's going to go save someone that we care about. And his uncle is wrapped up in the the plot at King's Landing, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about them standing in the throne room. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just unexpected. That's Like I said, that's the person that he would want to talk to. Yeah. And for them to both have it cleared up, that's just, that was good for Theon. He was just telling John, you know, essentially, how do you always come to the right decision and John didn't have an answer for him, and he was just. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty good logic, you know. If you yeah. don't, if you don't build things based off of deceit, then you know there's really no tower to topple. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, I'm just." And he exits the room and thinks about it about as much as he thinks about those decisions. Just like that's just you know, yeah, that's how I operate. Yeah. I don't really. I'm shrugging right now. I don't really have a reason. Right. Theon's just like perplexed at the idea of how simple it is. Mm-hmm. I wonder what their dynamic was like because he talks about John sort of like he. Uh, compared to the other boys, even someone, even with Rob there, and I'm sure that there were other noble children in Winterfell that were training with them, and you know what weren't quite Starks, but Theon was a ward, and I know he and Rob were really tight. I wonder what the the hierarchy was with John being a bastard but still being Ned's son. Mm-hmm. What sort of social constructs they had, and like whether Theon sort whether he talked down to John or whether. It was the other way around, or you know, I don't see John doing that. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I can just I can just picture young John and his brooding, holier than thou, always right and always so honest kind of thing. Not rubbing somebody like Theon as a young kid the, the yeah. right way. He almost alludes to it a little bit in this conversation, just like you've always made the right decision, mm-hmm. you've always done the right thing, mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of cool to see them as adults having those same conversations. Yeah, I mean, it's probably annoying. <laughs> for someone like yeah. Theon, because sure, he, he just has a slower trajectory and finding out the reasons why well, he wants Theon, to do that. Yes, I mean, think about what Theon has been through since he's lived with John, been, uh, old enough to know what was going on. You know, yeah. and then he took Winterfell, and he was Reek, and he escaped, and he lost his sister. He thinks, you know, he's he's been through so much, and to be able to see him stand up again and again to go fight for his sister was just this very powerful moment of Theon doing the right thing mm. and, and really um, taking matters into his own hands in the right way, mm-hmm. making the right decision. So I was really excited about that. And also I just love Theon. And so, <laughs> so oh, Theon is such a good actor. He is easily one of the best. Yeah. Everything he does, I just am mm-hmm. Loving it because he just nails it every single time. So yeah. we could have Theon on the screen, just kind of looking off into the distance, and I'd be like, "Yes, character development." <laughs> I like, love that I, we're like, saying yeah. that. You know, in season seven. I love that he was that he was such a huge, you know, cathartic release for people in an episode where there's an ice dragon, you know, blowing like mm-hmm. blue laser fire at the wall. At the wall. At the at, that just... Tormund and Beric are standing on top of. <sighs> I know. Did you see Kim's picture that she tweeted out this morning? Mm-mm. 
Well, it's oh it's yes, 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 yes. I did it's about important. how the fact that we may have not have lost Tormund. Surely not. I don't know. I mean, we didn't see them him die on screen, so we can't be sure. Well, I don't. I'm going to go for the rest of the the gap between the, the seasons, believing that those two men are alive. And well. <laughs> I think that's probably fine. And it may have something to do with how their contracts are negotiated for season eight. Uh-huh. But either way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm, for it. I'm curious to see and hear how you felt about watching the Night King ride the Ice Dragon. It was awesome. You didn't like it. No, it's not that I didn't like it. It just was like... No, you want more from me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, let me think. Well, I thought the brand's posture was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You said while we were watching this episode, or maybe it was a scene with Bran um, when you yelled Night King. I, I, think <laughs> I, like, I think I whispered it No, loudly. you did not whisper it. You yelled it very loudly. I think loudly. it was like, Night King. <laughs> maybe I just heard it. <laughs> that was enough. Wh- wh- why did I... But something. I think it was something. It I, may not have been this epi- this this season... It was this, this season. Scene, and I, I think it was the scene. I think what it was, was, it was by the uh, the uh, the heart when he tree. was having a conversation with with oh, Sam. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. when he's having a conversation with Sam. But the night okay, king riding happened. an ice dragon. <laughs> That's... All right. Support for today's show comes from Love Pop. With intricate 3D laser cut paper cards designed by naval engineers, Love Pop offers more than just a card. It's an experience and an envelope. And whether it's a wedding, a birthday, saying thanks for not mentioning that thing that happened in Vegas, or celebrating a coworker's compulsive love of cats, Love Pop gives you a reason to do something awesome for the special people in your life. Better yet, it takes only a minute to send a personalized card from your phone. You can shop in your PJs. Simply order online and Love Pop will handwrite the message in your card and mail it directly. With more than 250 3D cards to choose from, Love Pop has a perfect design for any of your loved ones. No wonder it's been featured on Shark Tank, The View, Good Morning America, Forbes, CNN, and recently won an Ink Design Award in the reinvention category. Truly, their attention to detail is astounding. Right now on their front page of the website is a 3D dragon breathing fire. I love playing with these cards. I think the detailing is pretty incredible, and they make a wonderful impression. To enter the 2018 Love Pop birthday sweepstakes for a chance to win 50 3D birthday cards, visit lovepop.com slash owns. That's lovepop.com slash owns for a chance to win 50 3D birthday cards. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get qualified candidates in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash owns. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash O-W-N-S. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash owns. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. 
For less than $10 a meal, they deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. I feel like this has been the summer of watching my friends and family post photographs of their blue apron preparations, meal kit discoveries. I don't know if it's because of Game of Owns or just because in general they're like, hey, look what I got in the mail and look at this beautiful thing I made with the picture sent along with us. But it's been a lot of fun seeing how close everyone gets. It's been fun to see our friends who probably wouldn't normally cook at home make these amazing elaborate meals. Put something together that you know they hadn't that looks delicious. known that they could do before. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Blue Apron is completely flexible, so you can customize your recipes each week and choose a delivery option that fits your needs. And Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Some of the upcoming meals that you'll get in August include basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomatoes, spinach and orzo pasta, whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad, miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes, and meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charmed tomatoes. Heirloom tomatoes, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Better. They're very delicious. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash owns. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash owns. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, let's go to Ice Dragon then. Okay, yes. Ice Dragon. That sequence was awesome. Mm-hmm. That sequence was awesome. Mm-hmm. And intense. Oh, yeah. And, and the how music they slowly awesome. come out. Gosh. Yeah. I heard the... We talked to Ramin about uh -huh. the, the strings. I forget what he called it. Um, it's not a clock ticking. It's like a, it's it's a technique. That, I can't that remember. They, that yeah, they use in the orchestra, and I was just like, oh really my technique. gosh! Yeah. yeah. Before the um, because we had the manuals were playing upstairs mm -hmm. in that room, and it was so fun, mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. getting really close to airtime, and I was like, okay, get downstairs and get all this going. And I went down there, and there was a little bit of time. I was like, I'm going to go put it hard on yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the background yeah. with the sound <laughs> off uh, just for the walk-in. I skipped mm -hmm. to Carsey and everyone talking in the hut. And, uh, man, just seeing it again, especially projected. And, and mm -hmm. it was just – and then seeing all the White Walker stuff here, Hard Home stands up so hard. Yeah, the, the shots of the Four Horsemen, the mystery yeah. and stuff. I don't know if we're going to like an old-school review right now, but it was just – it was just, oh, man, it, it – Told, totally primed me up for this last sequence. That, this last sequence felt more like that stuff to me that's than the rest thinking. of the White Walker mm -hmm. stuff has. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is, as we talked about with the other White Walker scenes, that they didn't quite have the same impact on us as they did with Hard Home for whatever reason. But I felt like this scene here, and, and maybe it was because we had just <laughs> rewatched yeah. those Hard Home scenes, but there was an Probably. intensity about the way that they walked up to the wall mm -hmm. and with the Night King right in the back of an ice dragon with the laser blue flame, whatever happening there that in the music and in the wall coming down, I mean, the wall coming down is just the wall came down yep. period. <laughs> There's like nothing else to say. And so it was, it was a really, really unbelievably scene. It was a little, I will have to say seeing the Night King on the back of a dragon is a little insane. And it's, I think that's it's just because it's just, <coughs> I'm just like, maybe I just don't know what to say about it. But the whole time, I just could not stop staring at, at him on the back of back of that dragon. So. Yeah. It's hard to take your eyes off. They're, they're in for some trouble. I was thinking- Cersei needs to see that. This morning before we recorded, I was thinking about the um, opening scene of Song of Ice and Fire and also in Game of Thrones, the range of 
Waymer Royce, brand new to the watch. He's got a rank that he doesn't really deserve, blah, blah, blah. And they're set upon by a White Walker. Mm-hmm. And we got the, the, the child and the body pattern and the TV show and et cetera. And I was thinking about the head that was cut yeah. off yeah. and tossed toward him. Mm-hmm. And the White Walkers were like, hey, by the way, tell your father I'm here. <laughs> like, we're coming. Uh, and then, and then, so to go from there to the Night King, who we learned about very spookily, you know, in the middle of all of these seasons when he touched the baby's face, mm-hmm. to go from there to see the white, to see the Night King standing or sitting on this dragon's back was just like, holy, yeah, it was crap. wild. Talk about evolution of these guys. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild, and and it felt terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So imagining Westeros with the level of snow on it that I know it's going to have in the Winds of Winter, mm-hmm. or maybe toward the, the end of the Winds of Winter, I'm not sure. It's mm-hmm. going to be wild. Mm-hmm. I've seen the White Walkers march down. The North is in such trouble because they're literally the North. They're right there. I know. That's all I could think about is as we watched the, the Whites and the White Walkers kind of come out of the forest there as they were approaching the wall, mm-hmm. is all of these people that we care about, are everybody's in the North now at yeah. this point. And everything's been converging on this happening. But I just am thinking about Sansa trying to take care of everyone at Winterfell and all the folks who are still over at Castle Black and, and even those who are still at Eastwatch. And, and They're screwed. Eastwatch yes, is, Eastwatch mean, is donezo. But well, they, they have ships, though. So they could potentially get into a bunch of boats. And yeah. Sail yeah. Away. But it's just, it's just not good for anyone at this point now that, that we've got the uh, confidence that the White Walkers now have now that they have have that dragon. So, man, what do you think about the plan? I know that it was a farce, but Euron was like, "Can they swim?" And they're like, "Nope." And they're like, all right, well, we're all going back to the Iron Islands. What do you think about that? Plan? Honestly, yeah, do it. Right? <laughs> you know, honestly, do it. I, I mean, try to defeat them, defeat them for sure. But to those who can't defend themselves or aren't a part of some majestical cause or, you know, don't have those kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there needs to be some town criers or something just going around. Like let's send them around Westeros and be like, let's we're, we're bringing forth um, a militia, an army, whatever. If you're able-bodied fine. Um, if you're not, you should probably go to Karth or yeah, get the heck out of Pentos here. Pentos or, Atlantis yeah. or something. And Carth is pretty far, but you know what I mean. They wouldn't let him in Carth. Like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys again. <laughs> like we have all these gates <laughs> yeah. for a reason. Several, several layers. White Walkers couldn't get in there. That's that's one thing. So they go. They, they take over Westeros. Mm-hmm. They can't leave the water. What then? Does the Night King fly? I guess he could potentially fly Viserion over they the Narrow Sea. They have dragons and. Start turning people then, mm-hmm. right over there. He doesn't and have dragons. to bring the forces with him. And I guess this goes harks back to questions that we have about their motivation and their end game and kind of what they're trying to accomplish with with their takeover of Westeros and then kind of what all of that means. And and hopefully we'll learn more about learn it. more about that as we spend more time with them and as they become as everybody else in Westeros realizes what's going on. Right, because so much of the conversation around them lately has been bringing them to light and and now that that's happened you know i'm I'm excited to see i'm I'm really excited to see how that all comes together it feels like game of thrones is definitely the story of westeros whereas i read song of ice and fire and i feel like george obviously he takes considerations to build out the entire world but right right. i'd like to think that the the conflict that's coming will be a global conflict i think so 
but I don't think that there's time. I don't know if there's time to do that in the TV show. Like we think about the wall coming down and mm-hmm. what that would look like in the books versus the show. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that something like that is going to be drastically different. You think so? And I think so. I mean, I think that we know so much more about the magic of the wall oh. in the books and kind of the the mystical element surrounding everything north mm-hmm. and and that's not something that we really get a lot in the show we've mm-hmm. gotten a, a little bit of it but i i feel like things like that feel things like you're saying the world's being much bigger and the conflict being much greater and, I, and you know maybe they're doing this a little bit with the golden company being drawn in and yeah. things like that but i i do think that things are going to play out a bit differently oh yeah a lot a bit differently so if if in the books the night king or the, whatever ends up manifesting from the White Walkers, because we're not even that far yet. Right. We're, we're not, we haven't had the hard home reveal. You right. Know? Um, would they? Would he like put his troops in ships I don't or know. something? Like, would they? Would they march down to White Harbor, take everything over, or like, or even just take the people at East Watch? Like, are they, they they can use chains. Mm-hmm. Not, <laughs> I, I mean, they're pretty intelligent. You know what I mean? Right. Like potentially smarter than all of us. Right. Right. Yeah. So why couldn't they? Get ships. I don't know. So you can't run from him. If he's flying, I mean, that makes no sense. He's flying over the narrow sea with his dragon, potentially. You know, you can't run from the White Walkers. Hmm. I mean, that's been the crux of this entire story, right? <laughs> since yeah, really have since a season one, episode one, ten minutes in, <laughs> you can't run from the White Walkers. Lirio Mopatis just comfortably sitting in his estate, just popping sweets constantly. Yep. Just lavishing that narrow sea he's like this continent had their great catastrophe right we're, we're good it. yeah <laughs> it happened to us once that's crazy so the white walkers represent death right death coming for us all right when barrack was talking about death being the greatest enemy when you have to fight and mm-hmm. it always wins but you gotta fight mm-hmm. right and john hears that and goes oh yeah <laughs> i love a good fight <laughs> i can't win and <laughs> this sounds perfect um should we talk about john and danny well, we can't talk about John and Danny. I was basically just going to say that all these people come together to fight death. Mm-hmm. And some of them, like, being like, yeah, well, I don't really want to fight death. I want you to die first. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then I'll die, but I want you to die first. Man, that's sad. What were you going to say? I was just going to ask you about John and Danny. Dead ass. I know. Right? <laughs> that's all anybody could. <laughs> that's what everyone was cheering for. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you sure. about that scene and about, about Tyrion that I don't know the answer to. But... Having Tyrion in the hallway as he sees John head into Daenerys's chamber, is there s- supposed to be meaning behind that? I mean, or are we just kind of assuming that this is something he wanted to happen, or does he feel sad, or you know, kind of that was a curious moment to me. Is Peter Dinklage is such a good actor? I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Quick sidebar: these guys, I, f- I feel like, just you know, from the outside looking at as a fan of the show really like their characters mm-hmm. and like understand and want them to be want them, like they care they, they clearly like yeah peter jinklage like clearly cares about Tyrion lannister a whole lot okay so to answer your question i don't know yeah i think a lot of folks were confused about it last night mm-hmm. i want to rewatch the episode a few more times and try to understand and i guess look at other clues there's definitely some sticky eyes on the beach in dragonstone and and you know mentions of john and curiosity but it could all be from the position of a of a concerned friend that's almost like elbow poking you and like, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really feel like that from, from him. Yeah. I was kind of confused as, about was he that. Jealous? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't read jealousy necessarily, but maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I just thought it was a curious thing. 
What do you think? Just curious. Yeah, to to put him to put him in there. I don't know if it's has anything to do with him feeling lonely or him seeing these two people that he respects come together or kind of the weight and significance of of an alliance like that without even knowing what we got with brand narrating over all of that with <laughs> with the uh, R plus L, which okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I gotta say that flashback scene. I was not ready for yeah, that. I was bolt upright. <laughs> uh huh. Um. So I don't know. I mean, Tyrion's played a big role in in that. So, but it just him standing in the hallway. I was just kind of curious. What if it was him, sort of taking the the mantle of the of the intellect away from Varys, and now Littlefinger's dead, and maybe he's seeing this happening, and in in his head he's hearing love is the death of duty, and he's seeing the potential of both. Danny and John losing their edge because yeah. rather than fighting the world, they found each other. Mm-hmm. And there's that internal comfort of being in the world with someone that loves you and that you love. Mm-hmm. And you push off a little bit of all that effort and steam because that right there is good on so many levels. You know, it, it right. takes up so many things that you feel during the day. And like, that's, you don't know if that's where you want them to be because mm-hmm. they're the generals fighting death essentially. Mm-hmm. And Cersei, for example, she, doesn't even have Jamie now. Right. So she has her she has her unborn child, which is her sort of, I guess, version of that going on because when did she become the most ruthless? When her children and her loved ones were gone. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Father was gone, Marcella Tommen, Joffrey, and then she and then she started to act. It was horrible, but that action led to, you know, progress and she's got a different outfit for members of the King's Guard. Kyburn's yeah. the hand of the king you know what i mean so yeah. she's got this painted floor that she can walk on anytime she wants so if she's got progress in some way maybe he's maybe he's frightened because he knows the stakes and he's like shit you know now they're in there and he the way john walked in that room so resolutely he's just like i'm done with it <laughs> <laughs> i just it was yeah <laughs> what you think about the sex scene though I mean, they finally did. They finally did. <laughs> they finally did. Man, Jon Snow, mm, what's up? All right. <laughs> the brand leading up into all of that. Yeah, I just watching it. Yeah, from the it tree. just was. That was a little weird. You looked I felt beautiful like. that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a little something else. Uh, the reveal that Jon's name is Aegon. Aegon Targaryen. Um, Aegon Targaryen. Is interesting, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that whole sequence was, we've been building up to that sequence for seasons, uh-huh. for books, and there we are. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was trending last night on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I mean be- yeah. because when we, we see their wedding. <sighs> that was awesome. I lost my, yeah. that was probably the m- moment in this episode where I was the most shocked. Like, really? Just because I wasn't expecting to get a flashback. I mean, it, am I yeah. am I not paying attention enough? Maybe. When it, when it cut from Bran and Sam to Bran's just standing, he's like, can you go look? And Bran's like, let me think. Pff, I'm here. And then they're yeah. holding hands and they're doing the whole- They tie the ribbon. They tie the ribbon and she thing. looks so happy. And it was- So confirmed? Yes. This, I just, I just- that, he, he looked just like Viserys. I mean, exactly like Viserys, but a little bit different. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, you know. I mean, they're Targaryens. They're I don't Targaryens. know. But I was just like- was, I mean, he looked great. Rhaegar. On screen, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I was not prepared mentally for to actually see that, and after all this annulment talk, and and there's <laughs> just really quick when brands brand knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Sam 
teaches him something. I yeah. love that. Yeah, 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 I yeah. love and Bran yeah. was like humble enough to take Be- it Bran's immediately. Like, okay. I liked Bran in this Me episode. Me too, man. Me I felt too. like we finally got Bran back a little oh, bit yeah. from his yeah. weird Although, yeah, I'm excited for him. When did season. he say there was a? Oh, he he said it to Sam. <laughs> like this, okay. Oh. I loved, loved, loved. When Sam's like, "What happened to you?" North of the wall, and Bran's like, does his whole, "I'm the three eyed raven now." <laughs> I became the three eyed raven, <laughs> and Sam's like, "Okay." okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you Sam saw and that. All of us. Uh, I loved. That was so funny. But yeah, I liked Bran in this episode more than I liked him this whole season. I felt like there was a little bit more to him and, and maybe it was because he's finally pushing this big r plus l reveal and and because we're seeing him as john and danny finally finally then finally. I, you know i don't know but so if we're we know that he's the three-eyed raven and the things that he thinks are important must be very important because he doesn't really care about anything right you know what i mean right so flashback or i guess vision marriage annulment there's so many different things that we need to talk about because Rhaegar has been we don't know you know what I mean like we don't we know that George R. R. Martin has feelings for him but mm-hmm. like we just don't know which direction we're supposed to think exactly but exactly. now at least for the show canon is concerned he did not kidnap her mm-hmm. he did not steal her away I mean it was a mutual they looked really happy they were married yeah. and there's yeah there's been conversations for a long time about whether he raped her or if this was you know yeah just kind of yeah. This thing that started all of this, mm-hmm. essentially, there was so much mystery surrounding that. And, and we've gotten a lot of answers to that over the last couple episodes, which mm-hmm. is huge. And I think that something that you could almost easily overlook if if you weren't into A Song of Ice and Fire as much mm-hmm. as we are. Um, so that, that was cool to see. So Rhaegar's good, it seems. I guess. I mean, yes. I mean, in this show, in the show, yes. I mean, I think the amb- ambiguity of that is gone and he straight up married Lyanna Stark and Ned knew his entire life after that moment when he was younger that he was raising Aegon Targaryen yeah that's pretty wild yeah that's pretty wild yeah so no big deal no big deal just Aegon Targaryen I doesn't yeah what (laughs) just why does he have to be named Aegon but she (laughs) she loved him you know (laughs) I, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Makes people do crazy things. I guess so. Um, man. There's one thing I want to talk about that we have not talked about yet mm. is Littlefinger. I just want to talk about that whole Littlefinger Sansa Arya thing because I felt like we haven't touched on it yet. And it's like the last big piece in my mind of how you felt like that played out and resolved everything. Uh, Littlefinger showed more emotion than he ever has. Mm-hmm. It was uh, – and I still – at the end of his life, I don't know if you think the same, and I don't want to influence what you're going to say, but I felt like it was even disingenuous then. Like, he just wasn't – like, when he was pleading, I didn't even believe him. I, mm-hmm. I didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have been nice. Maybe he would have gotten away with it. Maybe he would have been allowed away if it was believable. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I, I might need to rewatch it. No, I mean, I think that Sansa even says to him as he's he's like, I, love you, I loved your mother, and I, and I loved you more than anyone. And she's like, well, you betrayed both of us. So – Where's the sincerity in that? Um, that moment when Arya is brought forth to Sansa, and I was just, I was just looking, and I was, I was just like, I was looking at you because I was just, my face was just like, are you see, like, <laughs> you should see her face. Right? Like, mm. I was just like, what? I like looked over you, like, what is mm-hmm. going on? Sa- Arya gets brought forth, 
And Arya, Sansa's, I can't remember exactly what she accuses, not Arya, but it sounds like she's accusing Arya of, of like murder and something. I can't remember the line exactly. We need to go back and rewatch. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. I was like, is this how everything is going to go between them? And then to have them look over at Littlefinger. There was Peter a, Baelish. And there was a long pause. Uh-huh. It's like the episode knew uh-huh. when Littlefinger starts floundering because I don't know if time stood still, <laughs> but all of us in that room were up on our feet screaming for like a minute. It was a couple hours before at least. He, yeah, before, before the conversation continued, there was just like this long pause of after that happened. And I mean, how we feel about the Sansa Arya stuff is no secret. And I still hold on to my feelings about their relationship this whole entire season. And mm-hmm. I still have questions about why things were done the way that they were done. And I'm glad that the resolution of it led to this. Mm-hmm. And I was worried about how this was going to get resolved and yeah. how this was all going to play out. And I felt like it happened well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of this episode. So many decisions throughout this entire season haven't necessarily made sense to me, but the resolution sat well. And I feel like this particularly was one of them to finally see them come together and, and take down Littlefinger. I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> no no thoughts <laughs> i mean this is the way i guess he should have gone out in winterfell you know where cat and ned lived with each other for mm-hmm. so long and raised their children it's poetic yon royce not no one no one stepped forward for him no one reacted when no his one. throat was just somebody sent in an own that we'll have to read word for word in our next episode about how yon rose Jan Rice wouldn't even call him an Uber. Like, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, God, he knew. He knew the moment that they said his name that, mm-hmm. oh, this is my number is up. There's no walking out of these doors. Yeah. There's probably no trial by combat. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be sent to the wall because White Walkers are right there. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get to even plead his case at all, almost. I mean, what's there to say? Yeah, there isn't anything to say. You know, there isn't any. And he doesn't even have anything to say, as you can. See him floundering through through all of that. Even he didn't know. You can only. Oh, oh, <laughs> Pause. Last, the wall is about to come down. Last night after the episode and the credits and the, the thing came up, uh, you you had, you had told me like a couple hours before, like, hey, turn on the light of the seven remix. And mm-hmm. I, you, you had it on blasting. We were setting up the day, like just like two of us there, and the and the it was it was anyway that was like awkwardly out of place. But this when, mm-hmm. when we turned it down and then and then blended that up and i, I just skipped back to uh, john and danny making love yeah and it was muted perfect. it and had a lot of the seven playing over it for the rest of the episode with the it was with the wall coming down and everything it was perfect yeah but sidebar sidebar <laughs> so uh, Tormund looks so majestic and they look so scary coming out of the trees like that i know i'm so excited to rewatch this episode i really did really really like it i did too i really really, I really genuinely loved it and I think it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of a season. And I can't believe that, I mean, this is it. We we made it through yeah, season seven. Yeah, we really did. Yeah. So, I mean, it was going to happen. I know. It just feels, it feels, it feels <laughs> a really little surreal. I'm not really sure surreal. what happened on the way there, but now that we're here, I see it. It, it feels all makes a little sense. surreal. And so I'm excited to rewatch this episode to kind of take stock of, of how we got here and, and, and think about what's ahead for season eight. Because I feel satisfied that we're at the point that we're at. Me too. Well, on our next episode, we're going to have a very special guest that we're excited to talk to about the show, who's very excited about the finale. And um, I'm going to watch it 
three or four more times. Absolutely. I know you have to catch a bus right now. Should we, should we go to Owens? <laughs> yeah, I what's, think so. So what's your only episode? Man, I it is so difficult. <laughs> you haven't thought about it yet, have well, you? <laughs> I have not thought about what my own for this episode is because I feel like I've gone back and forth on so many different things. Um, I think that I'm going to give my own to Theon standing up again and continuing to get back up even though he was being threatened to be killed. Him just, I just, that was so incredibly powerful. So I think that I have to give my own to that in this exact moment. Ask me again in 15 minutes or in three days, and it may be different, but that was really powerful. He's flying it right now. Sorry to interrupt. Yo, look at that. That looks like World of Warcraft. That that looks like, anyway, this whole thing. That's so neat. Um, Are you going to give your own to... uh, the ice dragon? I feel like you almost have to give it to, to, to the wall because of, uh, of all the ways that we've talked about and over the years and like theorized how the wall would come down or how the White Walkers would cross, whether it would be the Mark or, or whatever. Yeah. The, this is like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. an ice dragon blowing ice fire. That's, you know, no horn. Like, there's that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way to do it. It's wild. That's an interesting way to do it. I mean, I guess it would get the job done, yeah. you know, potentially. But I, I want to give my own to that. I just want to say something real quick, though. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, um, I love that Dion's weakness was his strength Yeah. in that fight. That yeah. could have been really cheesy. And for a second, I was like, are they really doing that? Mm-hmm. That's a little slapstick. And I realized, no. It wasn't. He, it no, it felt like him finally taking oh, taking control of an ownership. An ownership mm-hmm. Exactly. Ownership over everything that's happened to him and mm-hmm. who he is. We're clearly going to have a lot to talk about in the next episode. I'm so excited. Okay. That should be a gif. Just all of the shots of him flying beside the wall mm-hmm. and blowing the fire straight that they held for like five seconds long. Everyone get to work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Own of the episode. I think just the siblings just working their stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, Across the board. Working it out. Even though it was really tough with Jamie and Cersei and Tyrion, I think it, it's, the, it's where it should be right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give up on anyone, bad or good. You're on, you know... Gregor, I don't want to give up on anyone, bad or good, because the real enemy are the White Walkers, right? And they don't want to listen to counsel. You know what I mean? This general doesn't talk back. They don't negotiate. Like they, that's them right there. So let's let the living sort out their stuff. And I thought doing it through family was such a, a wonderful thing that we could relate to. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it, when you watch the show, where you read a song of ice and fire, and you realize like how much family matters. Rhaegar and John and Danny and Liana and Arya and Sansa and, and Cersei and the yeah, levels yeah. of how it's all connected. Yeah. I also wish Gilly would have been there with Sam when they were having the conversation with Bran. Me too. That was me too. Strange, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But that was really cool. I really liked this episode. It was good. It was, it was really good. I'm really happy it, it was this good. <laughs> so I'm really happy it was this good. Uh send your owns. Yeah. If you haven't already. Send in your final owns of the season. Make them good. <laughs> It's going to be hard not, not to, honestly, gonna almost say. everything was just, you know, Podrick, Braun, and Tyrion were walking beside each other, mm-hmm. so you can send us that on if you want, um, just hashtag of 2K17, it's pretty much a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can say that. Those three guys. Also, but, Jamie and, and Brienne. And, uh, 
Brianna not really giving an F. That was pretty awesome too. Mm-hmm. Different. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. God, so much stuff. There about. was so much to talk about. Okay. So, um, send in your owns and and send us in your thoughts and tweet at us. You can do that in a couple different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Game of Owns or on Facebook by searching for Game of Owns, or you can send an email to contact at gameofowns.com. And thank you so much for coming out last night. If you did, we got to meet a lot of you, and it was a lot of fun. It was cool a blast. shirts, cool costumes, cool makeup, cool food that people brought. Mm-hmm. The animals destroyed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw them play at Con of Thrones. I don't know if this is the working. first time I got to see them play live. It was, it was unbelievable. It, it was, was so fun. I had such a good time. It was crazy, and it was cool seeing some people there that had known their lyrics. Yeah, and I, I mm-hmm. talked to some people that heard heard them on our show when we uh, had the uh, song playing in the background, and so that oh, so I wanted to listen to them. So this all kind of worked out at the same time, and I don't know. It was, it was a really special. It was night. special to be able to to share that with everybody. So thank you for those of you who came and made an effort because it was it was really special. It was. So we had a good time. Okay. Well, I know you gotta go, so let's just close this up. Season seven's over. We're gonna be back in a couple days. And yeah. <laughs> what is there to say? <laughs> well, I guess the season the off season <laughs> and we have books. I'm so I'm excited. I'm excited to get Ugh, back into the off season. I just realized that we'll talk a lot about that. I think in our next episode on mm-hmm. what that means for those of you who are new to us this season. Oh, yeah, we're you. not going to be done. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for joining us this season. Number one, firstly, we're doing ASMR now. <laughs> but we don't stop when the season's over. We've got our on season. We like to call it when we we go back to reading the books chapter by chapter. So yep. lots to discuss ahead of us with implications of of the books with where we are with the TV series. Yeah, so. this will be interesting to mix it all together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Hannah, shake my hand. Good job. So season formal. seven. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Hi, everyone. And we'll see you guys soon. Oh, it's the behind the scenes. Honestly, the Night King on the back of the dragon, like... Can you get it? I don't... I, like... I hate it, but I love it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I kind of hate it a little bit. Hate it how? It looks so weird. <laughs> I mean, he's... <laughs> it's I mean, just like a Night King. <laughs> His body doesn't move at all when he's up there. I know. His body never moves. It's just like he's His- just, like, sitting rigid on the top of this dragon, like, going like this. I can't deal with it. He's really, he's got fantastic posture. <laughs> like, I hate it. His posture? Yes. Why? Because it's just like, it's too perfect. Well, it sounds like you're peanut butter and jelly. I'm just saying, seeing him on the back of the dragon like that, like, yeah, I couldn't like it because I hated it so much. Why do you think he knows? He knows. <laughs> you know, like, how, how, how do you think he knows? I don't you know, know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, right? Like, how do you think? How do you think he knows? I don't know. Neither I don't do I. Know. Seriously, though, how, how how does he know? I don't know, but <laughs> to write it so well. If you, if you ask me again, maybe I'll know this time. <clears throat>